There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that flies the friendly skies of history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're looking at the dawn of the jet age, including why it took so long for airlines to ditch their old propellers, and why some came to regret it once they did. The day was July 27th, 1949. The world's first jet-powered airliner made its inaugural test flight. Dubbed the DH-106 Comet, the prototype jetliner was built by British aviation veteran Geoffrey de Havilland. Like many others in the aviation industry, de Havilland believed the jet engine could revolutionize commercial flight, allowing airlines to transport more passengers in less time and for less money than they ever could with piston-engine planes. Everyone knew that the jet engine was the future of the industry, just as it had been for military aircraft. But to make that future a reality, someone had to take the difficult first step of adapting the technology for use in passenger planes. Jeffrey de Havilland took on that challenge, and one of his earliest victories was that pioneering flight on the evening of July 27th. Commercial aviation began with airmail in the 1910s. It was tough going at first, but once airlines started receiving government contracts to deliver the mail, business really took off. Many early airlines tried transporting passengers as well, but since you can't fit many seats on a propeller-driven biplane, the flights usually cost more money than they made. If commercial air travel was ever going to be sustainable, airlines would need bigger, faster, and more reliable planes, and for that, they'd have to wait another 30 years or so. 
To be clear, the aviation industry made all sorts of strides during 1930 and 1950, with the development of the jet engine being chief among them. Unlike the piston engines of old, jet engines have relatively few moving parts. That not only made them easier and cheaper to maintain, but also safer and more reliable to operate. Another advantage is that jet engines run on kerosene, which is cheaper and much less volatile than gasoline. Kerosene's higher flash point also allows it to burn with greater power and efficiency when compared to gas, and it's that unique quality that made jet propulsion feasible. By burning kerosene, the engine produced an enormous amount of thrust, enough to propel aircraft much bigger and heavier than those with piston engines. That sounds like a dream come true for commercial airlines. The only problem was, all of that advancement came through the design of military aircraft. And even after World War II ended, commercial aviation was still limited to mostly propeller-driven planes, albeit much larger ones than those of the 1910s and 20s. There are a few reasons why the industry was so slow to adopt the jet engine. Although kerosene was cheaper and more efficient than gas, a jetliner would have to consume a lot of it, which in turn would drive up operating costs. Another issue was that jets took off at a slower speed than propeller planes, meaning that all the existing runways would have to be extended, once again driving up costs. The jet-powered future had apparently stalled before it even arrived, and for a while, no one seemed willing to give it the push it needed. That finally changed, though, in 1949, when British aircraft designer Geoffrey de Havilland made that all-important first move. Inspired by the Wright brothers, de Havilland had built and piloted his first plane back in 1910 when he was 27 years old. He then went on to work for British aircraft manufacturers before starting his own company in 1920. The de Havilland Aircraft Company quickly became an industry leader thanks to its development of lighter engines and more streamlined planes. During World War II, de Havilland designed several fighter planes for the Royal Air Force, including the Tiger Moth biplane and the twin-engine Mosquito. Around the same time, Germany became the first country to use jet fighters, debuting an experimental prototype in 1939. When the war was over, and after being knighted for his contributions in 1944, Sir Geoffrey de Havilland decided to take a page from Germany and turned his attention to jets. However, he didn't want to build just another fighter plane. Instead, he set his sights on the development of a new kind of passenger plane, the world's first jet-powered airliner, or jetliner. It took several years of design work to bring the idea to fruition, but by the summer of 1949, the DH-106 Comet was ready for its maiden flight. The Comet prototype was an all-metal low-wing monoplane powered by four jet engines. At a little over 100 feet in length, it was roughly the size of a small Boeing 737. It had a four-person cockpit, and although cabin seats weren't installed on the prototype, later models would include about 40 or so. The test flight took place at the Hatfield Aerodrome in England on July 27, 1949. The plane was piloted by former group captain John Catseyes Cunningham, a wartime flying ace who happened to be celebrating his 30th birthday. That evening, 
Cunningham and his crew took the plane up to 10,000 feet, then descended to fly 100 feet above the runway for all their colleagues to see, and finally landed safely after 31 minutes in the air. Following that historic flight, the de Havilland Comet went through three more years of test trials involving multiple prototypes. It finally entered service on May 2, 1952, when the British Overseas Aircraft Corporation, or BOAC, began the world's first commercial jet service. The inaugural flight of the 44-seat Comet 1A took paying customers from London, England to Johannesburg, South Africa. With a cruising speed of 480 miles per hour, the Comet was the fastest plane of its size at the time, yet its passengers noted that it was quieter and didn't vibrate as much as planes powered by pistons. They also appreciated the roomy seats and cabin, highlighting the importance placed on passenger comfort, a bygone concept today. With a ringing endorsement from early customers and the promise of lower airfares to come, the jetliner was poised to take commercial aviation to the next level. In the years that followed, the de Havilland Comet became the cornerstone of the British commercial fleet, but other countries began building jetliners of their own, with manufacturers like Boeing, Douglas, Tupolev, and Caravel leading the way. Sadly, the commercial success of the Comet line proved short-lived. It turned out that the early models suffered from structural problems, leading to a number of fatal accidents during the early 1950s. In fact, the same plane that made that first flight to Johannesburg was also one of the first passenger jets to crash. It went down in the Mediterranean Sea on January 10, 1954, killing all 35 souls on board. Investigators later determined that the plane had broken apart in mid-air due to metal fatigue brought on by the repeated changes in cabin pressure during takeoffs and landings. Unfortunately, this wasn't an isolated problem. The Comet series was involved in several other fatal crashes between 1953 and 1954, which ultimately led to the entire fleet being grounded. De Havilland spent four years correcting the design flaws, but by the time the company debuted its better, safer Comet in 1958, the moment had passed. American manufacturers Boeing and Douglas had cornered the market in de Havilland's absence, and the British company was never fully able to shake the stigma of its early crashes. In total, the de Havilland Aircraft Company built 114 comets, including prototypes, in a production cycle that lasted from 1949 to 1964. Some models in the Comet line continued to be used by commercial airlines for nearly two decades after they were discontinued, with the last one remaining in service until the early 1980s. The de Havilland Comet experienced many firsts in its brief lifetime. It was the first jetliner to take to the skies, to enter commercial service, and to cross the Atlantic. But it was also the first to be involved in a fatal crash, proof that being the first can lead to disgrace, just as it can to glory. But although the comet's reputation was forever tarnished, modern air travel still owes it a great debt. Today, air travel is considered the safest mode of travel in the world, with the chances of being in a fatal crash at around 1 in 11 million, according to Harvard researchers. A statistic like that would have been unimaginable in the 1950s, 
and without daring pioneers like de Havilland and the rest of the Comet team, it still would be today. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share, feel free to send it my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.